everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about improperly stored baby formula, lots and lots of crying, and a bicycle built for Zeus. Except not Zeus, because it's his brother. Beautiful. Clap. Applause. Oh, Amazing. Oh, yes. Thank it's you. Roses. Euros. Brava. 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 Encore. Well, the encore will be the episode, because... I'm Beth Aldrichin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Beth, it's our decay. Our. Our. Decay. Okay. I. He said it so dramatically. I'm fine. I just. Our <laughs> decay. It's our. I'm like, okay. 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 <laughs> I got it. Oh, yes. this is such a fun episode. <laughs> this was this was a fun episode. I had a great time watching it. Not because it was good, because it's not a good episode, but it is a fun episode to experience because there, it makes yeah. every wrong decision you would think an episode could make. Oh, every time you're just like, there's no way. Oh, there they go. Oh, there they did it. it they, they, yeah, you're right. So there's good and then there's fun. This was fun. This is, this is, you can be good and fun. This was just fun. I enjoyed a lot of the little tidbits they threw in there. They did do like a lot of callback stuff and they did some lore stuff with the Wizard of Oz stuff, even including Wicked, like one Wicked thing. I don't know if Bach appears in the actual. I've never read one. Uh, Bach is from the original story. Is yes. he? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they were specifically referencing um but otherwise like it was just a lot of fun the underworld stuff was hysterical uh because it seemed like everyone was suffering from a mild concussion the whole episode yes and then stumbling around and having to find each other at every opportunity also uh Mm -hmm. bell saying the sky is so bright red and then they look up and it's gray (laughs) <laughs> yeah because <laughs> this is season five episode 16 our decay it's not your decay it's not my decay it's our our ours. decay it's ours together we're a part or, of it or as for some reason like there's a couple different um titles internationally for this one uh in italian they call it our destruction which i thought was interesting kind of similar um and in French, they call it Not Without My Daughter, which I thought was hilarious because that's like the name of like a like a made for TV movie in the 80s that starred Sally Field or something. I was going to say similarly, but with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Just, Where's my daughter? You got to get out of here. Not Without My Daughter. Just a lot of finger wagging. Um, yeah. RDK is a, stra- a strong choice for a weird part of the episode. So it is, but. I think it would have hit even harder if we'd had the German title, which was From the Decay and Awakening of Virtue. That is a title for a completely different episode. Yeah. That is is a wild title that had nothing to do with it. I would watch the other thing. It's that, you know what? The German title is the title of this episode if it took itself much more seriously and there were zero jokes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everybody, in this episode, we are going to talk about the uh, tale as old as time, true romance between uh, Zelina and and Hades, uh, the, the love of the century that I remember when we first watched this episode. 
all those times ago. This was the thing that we were hung up the most about was we're supposed to actually believe there's a true romance here when they had just met. But I think as we talk about it, and as you and I had been texting a little bit, because we text before, obviously, before we start taping the episodes, I think if you interpret it as not that he is in genuinely in love with her, but like he, she's the first woman he saw and now he is obsessed and thinks she's the solution to all his problems, then I think you kind of can... Ass- it takes on a little more of a sinister tone. It does. I kind of had the vibe that I... And I, I genuinely forget how this actually ends up playing out because I, I, the vibe I'm getting now is more of like man tries to socially engineer a true love situation by being like we will ride a bike together like it's it's like a tiktok where it's like here's how you win a woman's heart like you tell her she's strong and powerful you take her on an adventure and you teach her something so we ride a bike um and then you feed her which frankly those three things work but you need to be doing them in good faith and i don't none of what he's doing is in good faith added to the bonus option of the fact that zelina is fundamentally broken right now so like it's the who's you can't be in love if you don't love yourself and she is just nowhere there so it's just i think it's just two people pretending they're in love Mm -hmm. like even if they kissed it wouldn't have worked i don't think it would have worked either yeah you can't just be like true love i will do this and everything like it won't and then he like stalked her and that was it's super creepy. It made my skin crawl at the end of the episode where he's like, no, it's always been you. It's always been you. And I'm like, okay, I don't like this. Selena, get your whistle out. Like, I, <laughs> Yeah, this felt like a mix of Hades reading the pickup artist and Ugh. not interpreting it well. Although, is there really a way to interpret it well? The answer is no. And uh, also the, the movie 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> like oh, he, 100%. He read that book. He watched that movie. And he just combined them together in a big soup, combined oh. with the fact he has no heart that works. Oh. Listen, 100% Hades watched 500 Days of Summer and got the wrong idea about it. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% did not watch that movie correctly. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this same storyline now, where instead of it was the pickup artist, it was like Andrew Tate or something. So, like, the moment she rejected him, he called her a bitch and then pointed at all of his Bugattis. Look how many Bugattis I have. I am an alpha man. <laughs> I am the best. And then he just started flexing for two hours. Ugh. And then he got arrested. And then he gets arrested. And then no one talks about him ever again. And the world is a better place. Yes. Bye, Andrew Tate. We don't miss you. Anyway. Uh, so the framing device for this episode is Hades walking sad down the underworld, the Underbrook Street at night. He looks. I walk a lonely road only. Yeah. And apparently, so the the clock ticks again. It's at 827. And according to the stuff I read, it started at 815, which means 12 souls have moved on, which I guess includes all the guys that were with um, Hook's brother. Uh, so, yes. but does, doesn't that mean, like, isn't Hades kind of doing a one for one? So pretty much every single person who has gone to the underworld is now like part of the plan. Although if I really think about it, I'm sure Hades has just abandoned the whole tombstone thing. Oh he's yeah. Distracted. He forgot that he set that up. Oh, he yeah. 100% forgot. Like he's also just not tending to anything. 
Like, he's just very, like, wandering around, like, one department. He's like a guy that forgot he was in charge of the whole factory floor, but he's just, like, near one thing and over-policing it, and then everything else is going to hell. Oh, I don't, I don't relate to that at all. No. No. Nope. That's not something that we as human beings in professional work environments <laughs> no. run, run, run by men who failed upward no. into their positions. No, we don't have any experience in that. No, they don't have a thing called the Peter Principle at all. Uh-uh. It's not a thing that's real. It's something I made up and have very singularly experienced. So I can understand if it's not relatable to everyone listening. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he is walking the lonely road, the only road that he has ever known. Well, once he created it for Selena. <laughs> for Selena. Uh, and then he sucked at it. Like, I made this road. Sorry, it's full potholes. I could have done better. I acknowledge that it's bad. I'm not going to fix it. What? This incel mf'er. I swear. <laughs> We're going to be just howling to the moon by the end of this episode, 100%. I feel. 100%. Yes. Well, Hades heads back into his lair, um, you know, with with his photo of Zelina in hand. And Rumpel is, um, he is uh, turning straw into gold, which is, you know, a nice little callback. We like when he has that. We like a straw into gold moment for Rumpel. We love that for him. We love it for him. Um, And so he can create a portal. For Hades to bring something living back with him. Because he can go to the overworld anytime he wants, but he can't bring things or people back with him. So yes. so he's like, you know, we don't have a bean. We don't have a hat. We don't have other stuff. So now we've got to make a portal because, you know. I, well, we and can. also because he can do it. And they said this again and again. There's been no explanation. He goes, you have the blood of the Dark One, which means that you can walk between them and do whatever you want. The rules don't apply to you. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why don't they apply? I'm going to be generous with this, way more generous than I think it deserves. And in this situation, I think the con- I think it's Rumple wouldn't be able to travel to any realm it's just the connection to the underworld mm. because the darkness combined with Hades' power because Hades mentions that, you know, with our four, with our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. So Hades is putting some of his oomph into the spell. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right. Uh, and Gold's like, you know what? This is going to take time. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want to do. And we cut to... What what's gonna we we cut to a really weird random scene at the convent when uh, Belle is bringing formula that is not properly mixed that is not properly heated and it is not enough for the children like it just she doesn't even have it in like a freaking storage container like this is girl you're pregnant you're about to it's, find out in like ten minutes it's 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 not warm. It just, she just pulled it out of God knows where. And it's just, I have it. Why is she the one doing any of this at all? Abby, um, it's, it's maternal instinct. See, she just has I, a drive to now. I thought I, I, w- I was so sure that they were going to do it. Be like, why are you here? Oh, I just wanted to be near the children. I, I don't know why I felt really drawn to them. I was like. If they say it, I'm going to vomit everywhere, uncontrollably. 
Uh, but they didn't say that. It was just a, apparently this is part of her job. Whatever that is. Librarians have it tough, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Mother Superior doesn't know why she's there. And Belle's like, hey, by the way, this is what I do. I bring the formula for the babies. Uh-oh. And then the other Mother Superior shows up. Oh, no. Double bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, double, double, however you say it. Because this first one is actually Zelina in disguise. We're, we're not going to explain how she came back on a cyclone. No, we're not. We're not going to bother. She's nope. here, and that's all that matters. All you need to know is that I'm here, and I'm mad as hell. So let's just move on to us screaming about the baby for a while. It's fine. Why? Why? Why did they t- send her away on a cyclone? <laughs> to just to... bring her back with no explanation? The last time they brought her back, they made a... They, it was like a narrative thing. Like, she was in disguise as Marion. Like, it was a whole shebang she needed a reason to come back she needed like an explanation i wanted to see her in oz without her daughter like doing the shit she's doing and like trying to find her place and like ultimately yeah much like much like later when we hear robin saying i can track anybody including a baby being carried by someone else (laughs) Um, Zelina just got so angry in Oz, her motherly rage. Now, they say that when a, in, in times of distress, mothers can summon up superhuman strength, like fully lifting a car off of their children. Maybe Zelina, in a moment of adrenaline and female rage, just absolutely ma- just dematerialized from Oz and rematerialized in the middle of Storybrooke. That's my answer. <laughs> I'll allow it. Yay! There's no other answer. You can't deny it. It's just probably <laughs> I can't. true. I can't. She hitchhiked I mean, they... the whole way here. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they certainly don't give us a reason, so let's come up with our own. You can do whatever we want. But, and Zelina's there to take her baby daughter uh, back, uh, who's been in the care of Mother Shapiro. But before any of that can happen... Um, Oh no, we've got a, you know, big earthquake that's totally for reals happening. The set is shaking so hard, you guys. It's not just, you know, two two extra, you know, two like prop guys in the corner shaking the cribs that hopefully don't have the babies in them. While our wonderful actresses try so hard to look like they are in distress. This felt like, this felt like, First, second season of original Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It was, it, it was a choice. Everything about what was happening, because it was all very, con- I, I don't even know the word for it, but it was all very confusing, I guess, because that's happening, and then they're like shaking weird, and the whole time Belle is shouting at Zelina, Stop it! You're putting us all in danger. She w- yelled some strange version of whatever you're 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 putting us all in danger with what you're doing, and then she immediately falls down the hole, like immediately. Did she fall or did she jump with the baby? She fell. Zelina jumped. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Belle is just like listen. Listen, this is why I don't like clumsy girl trope because clumsy girl always ends up having a baby. 
And it's just like, you just explained for four and a half books about how this woman was unable to function stairs as an adult. Now you're going to give her a baby? <laughs> and she's still going to be clumsy, but somehow not with the baby? I understand. It's a kind of, but always clumsy girl has a baby. Clumsy girl always ends up with a baby, and I'm always nervous for her. And that is what's happening with Belle. She's very clumsy, and uh, she has not read what to expect when you're expecting it. So nope. she doesn't know that you're not supposed to fall down the hell portal uh, that opened in church. By the way, uh, Mother Superior, you're not also jumping in the, the hole to, like, save everybody? Like, what's going on here? She's like, oh, yeah. bye. Also, yeah, I mean, there's, like, how are how is it? How is a portal to the underworld being opened up inside a church? Holy ground. There's I, ro- there were rosaries. There were like, there were crucifixes around. I have, to, again, when we start talking about like the validity of what's going on in Storybrooke, like economy and just how th- mail and things and how the outside world connects to it because it's a part of the United States. I also have to wonder, is it actually consecrated ground or is it just like shaped like a church and they just exist in it? Because they do commit to the whole bit of being dressed in... I, I did they all also convert convert to Catholicism? I I have so many questions, but I did. I went for a run today. By the way, it got nice, so I went for a run. I saw a nun playing soccer with a bunch of children today. It was all like, <gasps> it was nice. Like I was like, this is. And then I couldn't stop thinking about the movie Sister Act. So like, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then they're going to form a choir, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. We're going to go to the competition, and we're going to take off our robes and do hip-hop. Yeah, we're we're not regular nuns. We're cool nuns. Yeah. Anyway, so they fall through the portal, but not to the expected destination. They are who knows where. (laughs) The middle of the ground. I... They're in the middle of the ground. Um, Belle and Baby are fine. Uh, Zelina has... <laughs> like, I felt bad for this actress because she was just kept rolling her ankle so that she looked like she rolled her ankle. She's just, like, wobbling on a heel. Take she... a... If you're injured, take your heels off. I know. Why are you still in the spiked stilettos? Like, I mean, committing to it, but, like... And I get this is this is a very... One percent of the audience, less than one percent of the audience, is about to understand what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. She had very like Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl vibes, where it's like I've broken my ankle. She does this later. I've broken my ankle, but I'm going to fully walk on it and seem very strong and upright. It's clear my ankle is busted though, so like I'm just going to keep walking though. Like, cha- girl, change your shoes. Yeah. Go find some athletic tape, some some athletic tape with unfinished business. <laughs> <laughs> and wrap your leg up. No, but then once she wraps it, then that, the business will be finished because that's all that the tape is there for. And so then the tape will disappear and go to heaven and then she won't have tape on her ankle anymore. It, I cannot. I keep wrapping my ankle and then it keeps having this alarming moment and then there's the trash can in the sky that it goes to. You have been healed. Oh, I could just, I could watch that on repeat. Like, just an hour of that. <laughs> just constantly trying to tape your leg, but it constantly be risen going to athletic heaven. tape heaven. <laughs> it's like, the, that is a Twilight Zone episode for the ages. Reboot. Hero says writers. Okay. So, Belle immediately splits with the baby because Zelina is crying to her. Zelina cries in this whole goddamn episode. I was very surprised that one of the writers of this episode was a woman. Because the way Zelina was written in this episode felt like a man writing a mother character. Yeah. It, and it didn't, 
it also wasn't helped by the fact i mean like i love rebecca like she is a she's yeah. great as Zelina. this is not her forte no like earnest crying <laughs> that's not what she's here for that's not what they pay her for and it really shows yeah i I also had a problem with it because I don't think it matches the characterization of Zelina. I understand that they were, I think they were trying to show her vulnerability, mm-hmm. I guess, and be like, oh no. Because then Robin's like, I don't know, man. She seemed pretty sincere when she was sobbing while she handed over a baby. So, uh, but like, that's not Zelina. Zelina would like have handed, because it's the same thing Regina would have done. She would have handed the baby over and just been like, no, you need, you need to take it. And I need to deal with this on my own. You take the baby. It's better for her safety. And I'm, I'm not endangering my child for this. And then you go back into the weird dilapidated house and you sob uncontrollably where no one can see you. Like that's not, Zelina's character would not cry in front of anybody. She would go back to her office, lock the door and sob while the music is like really loud or something. Um, because, yeah, yes, you're right, man. I didn't realize it until you said it. But, yeah, she cries in most of the scenes in the present. Yeah, and it's 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 never convincing. And I, it didn't make me feel... It felt very soapy. But okay. Th- so someone mm-hmm. pointed out on our Facebook group that uh, Disney Plus has Once Upon a Time listed <laughs> as a soap. Uh, I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. They are not wrong. And that is a fantastic observation. <laughs> Well, while all this baby drama is happening, we also have a second baby drama in that Snow and Charming um, decide to haunt their son. Oh, my God. This is the f- my favorite storyline. <laughs> so, I'm obsessed with this. I am amazed that this didn't immediately traumatize their son forever. They are ghosts right now. Because what happens is they're Snow and Charming are chilling in, uh, chilling in the diner and Mary Margaret has the realization that, oh, we're just chilling in a diner in hell, presumably forever. Hey, oh, I miss my baby. Maybe th- I wish I could talk to him. And Emma Caulfield, as the blind witch, shows up and she's like, oh, yeah, you can do it. You can totally, like, haunt your son. We all like to haunt people. It's pretty funny <sighs> until we get bored of it because we lose all sense of joy and purpose. <laughs> We okay. That is like such a weird dropped dark storyline of just being like, oh, we've got become so removed from our past lives because our friends and family eventually start dying or forgetting about us. Like there's like that thin line of the Coco storyline where it's like, oh no, we we have been forgotten about and our family has moved on, and that's super depressing to look back on uh, because we meant nothing to them and we are dead inside. Uh, okay. Anyway, can you scream into this mason jar for me? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, because breath does very well on the black market. Living breath. I'm man obsessed breath. with his cho- I'm obsessed with the choice he made for that too. Here, breathe into that. <laughs> and he gets it. I would also like to point out that the wiki Oh no, I lost it. There it is. Uh it's like meanwhile, Snow White and David Nolan, she is always all, they never refer to her as Mary Margaret, even though the show constantly refers to her as Mary Margaret. Even in this, like that's like, so but, weird. And he never goes by David Nolan anymore. Like he's no. charming. It's char. So this sentence made me laugh when I saw it. Anyway, yes, they're upset because uh, the blind witch has remembered their order. Yes, and that is that has upset them to their core. And apparently, charming eats oatmeal nonstop. <laughs> Just all so much freaking oatmeal. He is, he is so regular. 
He also, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. He probably has plain oatmeal, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I have to imagine that plain oatmeal five days in a row, like, you got to be committed. I mean, a little bit of cinnamon. There's no calories in that. Just a little bit of flavor. Abby, you can say there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to disagree because there's a lot wrong with just plain oatmeal. You got to put something in there. Whether it's a little bit of butter or maple and, you know, brown sugar, that's the way to do it. It's true. A little bit of butter, because you put a little bit of fat in it, it makes you feel a little bit more full. Yeah. Um, it helps, helps you not feel, because there is a thing where you eat oatmeal, and I feel like you could eat oatmeal for days and just be like, I have never been full in my life. <laughs> I'm not never full. But yeah, like, but apples and cinnamon, apple cinnamon oatmeal is the good. best. It's good stuff. So good. But yes, no, David is farm boy. This is regular. This is this normal, no flavor. I just eat it at a utility. I got no time. I have to shear some sheep and then Anna's going to teach me to sword fight. <laughs> because I owe money to Bo Peep. Yes. Greatest storyline ever. Well, they head over to a phone booth by the bus stop. <laughs> That's where you haunt the, haunt the living. And um, nobody knows if it actually works. Some guy behind them, an extra who got paid a little extra, gets his SAG card. Good for him. Uh, he's like, I've been doing this for 30 years and I don't know if it works, but I'm going to keep on trying. He, that, okay, that guy was the most upsetting character. So sad. Because he like walks out and she's like, oh my gosh, does it like actually work? And he, he's like, I don't know. I don't know if it actually works. Makes me feel a little bit better, but... It- I don't think I don't think they know or they even care. No one liked me. Like he like this man is going through something. Yeah. And it's just like he's been in the underworld too long. I don't think he's had the like he doesn't have the self uh the inward look to be able to figure out what his unfinished business is. Um and I bet it's something silly. Like I bet it's just like, "Oh, I need to haunt my my son and remind where I the will is you know what I mean just be like you're in the cabinet and then he gets to go because all of his loose ends have been tied up yeah I just like I kind of wish that instead of like wouldn't it be nice if for one episode just this random guy like they focused on him getting his 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 you know unfinished business resolved. It's always people who are personally connected to the heroes. Like only they only give a shit Selfish. about people who are per, per, personally connected to them. This guy's been there for thirty years and he is desperate for a little bit of hope. And then Snow and Charming are like, "Nope, we're just gonna get in the phone booth." Bye. Hey, just small slight caveat. I've started playing a game called Spirit Fairer on Steam. And it's oh, basically yeah. you take over as uh, as the, the, the fairer of souls and you start like collecting people and you build them little houses and they teach you skills so that you can travel all over the place. And first of all, that was also where I realized that I watch a lot of like afterlife stuff. And I think COVID may, <laughs> may have broken me a little where I'm just like afterworld yeah, or underworld. Uh, but like when you're first care, you watch it and you eventually have to ferry their souls off after they've done their unfinished business. And the first time it happened, I was like at my laptop, it's like two 30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. And I'm like crying, like <laughs> tears streaming down my face. Um, because it's just, they're like, some of them are personally connected to the character that you play, but some the others aren't. 
it's if you like that whole thing and you 100% stand behind all my weird rants about existential unfinished business unf- uh, and you like cute animations they do really cute animations Spirit Fair is a fun game I've been uh, meaning to play it, and I believe it's actually, if you're a PlayStation Plus extra premium subscriber, which I am, I think you can play it for free. So Ooh. I am definitely going to play it, because I've been looking for a new game. Oh, it's so, it's a, it's, and it's like a cozy game. Like, even though it's dealing with the existentialism of, you know, being dead in your life, and some of them have absolutely heartbreaking backstories that you're just, like, very invested in, it's still somehow cozy. It's weird. Like, you're just, like, playing it, because it's just, you're in a ship, and you get to go do some other stuff, and it's fun. But anyway, anyway, yes, I agree with you to the previous point that we should have just done a couple like side adventures with some of these characters because I like those are her subjects. The people that are here are her subjects, right? They're also just people and like, you know, it's they're worth caring about even if they're not her subjects, even if it's somebody from a completely different realm, even if it's somebody from Chicago, you know, it's still worth our hero's time. You know, the next episode is like her handsome hero. It's like about Gaston or something. <gasps> you know, like. I'm so excited for her handsome hero. I'm just, I talk about just like randomly screaming. But no, you're right. Also, the idea of just like some Chicago guy who's like really into the Cubs <laughs> and is just yelling about a lot of stuff uh, with a very thick, very thick Chicago accent. Well, Snow is just like, yes, we will try to find, we will try to find something for you. Ah, I don't want to do that. I got to, my, my unfinished business is eating the greatest bratwurst of all time. And then he does it with the help of Snow and David. And then we see him cross into the afterlife as the, the cheering fans of an eternal game. And he's just going, Cubbies, Cubbies, Cubbies. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. bears. Yeah. Oh my God. As he wanders into heaven. As like. Fallout Boy music plays just triumphantly in the background. And then streamers of uh <laughs> the giant streamers of 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 tape <laughs> fall from the sky because the tape from Zelina's leg <laughs> has made it and it gets it, it's it gets to be happy as, as he's taping ascending, up athletes forever. As he's ascending and Snow goes, Oh my gosh, he is going to the top of Willis Tower and he turns around, he's like, It's the Sears Tower, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> oh my god, we haven't even gotten to the bicycle yet. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So they they talked. They 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 presumably talked to Neil. They they haunt him. So Neil has now been um, has had encounters with the dead in the afterlife. So but good it's luck, cute, Neil. Because in the story later, it's uh, you know, it's just the voices drifted into his brain. It's fine. Okay. I, yeah, I a hundred percent think that that whole scene was written in entirely because hey guys, we just we just let. Uh, two adult characters um, haunt a baby. Oh no, no, we can we we'll have Henry fix it for us in post. I, I do like the idea that it also probably started as just like guys. You know how there's like that trope where new parents don't want to go out to dinner and have a babysitter, and they like call and check all the time. What if it was that, but they were in the underworld? Isn't that super funny? Just like. I, 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 I don't know. It it felt like that's what they were setting up. And then towards the end of it, I was like, Snow, you've only been here a, like a day or two. Like, I, I 
just because the woman who works there regularly remembers because she knows your face like she knows not your face she's blind knows who you are and that's not a reason to panic and need to haunt i'm gonna say it again haunt your son your infant son he's gonna be unpacking that in therapy for three hundred dollars an hour for the rest of his life hopper is it's uh his his rates are going up for good reason yeah busy 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 all right, well, we have two things that happen, uh, and I'm going to talk about them out of order, just because I think one is more interesting than the other. So we have a cat and mouse game involving the baby, where Zelina's running around with the baby, Belle's running around with the baby, uh, Robin and, uh, and Zelina and uh, Regina are searching for the baby. They find the baby. Zelina takes off with the baby. She goes to the farm, and then she cries and is like, take the baby, you have to protect the baby. That just a lot of a lot of yeah, it's a lot of hot potato going on with the baby. Yes, and it made the rare moments where they showed when it was a live baby all the more terrifying. So I'm like, just just make it a prop the whole time because this baby is experiencing some dubious circumstances. Yeah, the it was a very American sniper thing going on here with the baby because like at one point Belle is holding the baby and it looks like she's holding the largest thing imaginable wrapped in a pink blanket. And at no point is Belle at all taking care of the baby. She's just holding it and like sprinting. Um I it, I don't know. I get it, but at the same time, maybe let's not introduce babies into the storyline if we don't know how to deal with them. <laughs> But we've got a new one on the way. And oh. Belle finds out about it. Oh my in God, this whole scene. the healthiest way possible. So we have the incel in Hades. And in Rumple, we have the gaslighter. Because Belle is wandering th- through the town of Underbrook, sad and scared, holding a ch- baby. So where does she go? Of course she goes to the library. Where else is she going to go? She goes inside. It's on fire. <laughs> and all of a sudden, up from the elevator comes Rumpelstiltskin. And Belle hides in the worst way. So, of course, Rumpel immediately sees her. She's like, yeah. nope. I'm going hide behind this shelf that has no books in it. And they see each other. And Rumpel proceeds to trauma dump on Belle. For like five minutes. In the course of this one conversation, he tells her she's pregnant. Uh, He tells her he signed over that baby in a contract. Well, first of all, he told her those opposite. He was like, hey, by the way, I sold my second son or my second child. And now Hades now owns that child. She's like, you don't have a second child. And he goes, if you're not pregnant, take one step forward. Not so fast, Belle. <laughs> and and then she finds out he's the dark one again. But then he negs her by being like, "Um, actually, you like me being the dark one. If I wasn't the dark one, uh, you wouldn't like me because I need to be the dark one. And so... You like me, so you like the dark one. Like, it, rem- it reminded me of, randomly of, like, one of the recent episodes of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, where there's a thing called Metal Gate, where, like, 
uh, some of the queens want a song. They, a bunch of the queens want the same song. Okay. And so a couple of them just act like bullies and just like try and gaslight the others. They'll be like, well, we have it. So you guys get the other song. And they're like, no, well, we have to talk about who gets the song. And they're like, well, we have it. We have the song. So you get the other song. And it just reminded me of like that, but a lot worse. Because <laughs> that was about drag queens singing and, a song. <laughs> this is about. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. We're all having and a good time. We're having a good time. But in, oh my God, this whole scene infuriated me. And I'm not going to completely remove Belle's agency. Rumple's here to do that for me. Um, because <laughs> in, a, in a small way, he is right. But it's also not an excuse. Because, no. you know... She, you know, she, the whole, she has the whole thing of, I can fix him. She wouldn't feel that way if there was nothing to fix. So, you know, we, we do have to acknowledge that a tiny iota of what he's saying is right, but he's taking the tiny iota and expanding it to be at the center of everything and, and yeah, gaslighting her. Like that, and I agree with you, like that, that, that iota in which he is correct, it would only work if he wasn't actively lying to her constantly. Mm-hmm. Because I think if it would just been like, I have been upfront with you the entire time about who I am and what I do, you're the one doing this to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, I get that, like in his part where he's just like, he's supposed to be the dark one. He loves her, but like, she keeps trying to do that, which obviously needs, should have been nipped in the bud two seasons ago of her just being like, this is, this is who he is. I either take it or leave it. But then he lies to her a bunch. So like, instead of working through the way she is, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm going to stop quick, but like he's actively been lying to her until he got here. And then he lied to her about why he went there. And my favorite thing that she said this whole episode was Rumple brought us here. That must mean he's in trouble and he needs me. I must go to the library to read a book to go it's like and then she sees him and hides from him it was all very confusing her whole storyline here was very flimsily put together it was and and then he tells her like you have to choose like you have to choose whether or not you want to be with me because i'm not changing anything about me anymore you take it or leave it uh but also no if you don't choose me uh you suck and um being with me as an evil monster person is the right thing to do but also, like, you're pregnant and I'm trying to save our child. I'm such a good dad. <laughs> I, you're a bad mom because you're trying to leave. Wow. Do you really want to be a single mom, Belle? Wow. Wow. I have, I have children that I've never abandoned and the women always leave. Hmm. Should I look, about, look into that about myself? No. I will project it and be mad at the other person. Hmm. Yeah. Poor Belle. Well, we have poor Bill, one poor, poor everyone. Poor ever. Yeah. Well, we have one more tiny thing to talk about, Abby. Small. Just a little, just little, little nugget. Insignificant. Little, 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 little baby nugget. It does involve a baby. <laughs> because Hades was trying to kidnap a baby. But why, Abby? Why was well, Hades trying to kidnap Selena's baby? Well, we were trying to get to the middle, to the bottom of this um, with our author, uh, but our author is a hormonal teenager who can only write in his sleep. 
And he doesn't remember doing what he's doing, which is fantastic. A great use of his time. Um, so we get we get teenage Henry writing scattered pages of haunting his stepbrother. No, wait, hold on. How is Neil related to Henry? Niece? No, nephew, right? Hold on. Uncle. Uncle. Neil is his uncle. Got it. Okay, yeah. sorry. I My whole brain flattened for a second trying to think about the family tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we have to go, Beth, to mm-hmm. the past. Oh, do we? Yes. Hmm. Um, back to Oz. Before, oh, yes. Before Zelina appeared in Storybrooke as she has decided um, to, to make her time travel spell um, in Oz. And so she's, she's collecting the needed materials. Now, what you need to know about the time in which we land in Oz is that it is after the events of the Wizard of Oz apparently. Well, it's after the events of their version of Wizard of Oz. Yes. Like we had the younger yeah, 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 Dorothy. Yeah. She went home. Yes. But guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Scarecrow's back for his brain. Um, So oh. he shows up. I don't know why he comes. He's like, you've summoned me? And she's like, yes, I'm going to do a time travel spell and I'm going to steal your brain. It, but not right now. I'm going to do it in like five scenes from now in a very aggressive, traumatic way. But it's fine because you're animated, so it's not scary. So um, I have a little note about the Scarecrow. I want to hear about it. So the Scarecrow in this was voiced by Paul Shear, who, believe it or not, so this was his only role in Once Upon a Time. He voiced okay. a scarecrow in this episode. Got but it. it's not his only time in the Once Upon a Time world. So, I Tell discovered... Tell me all I dis- about it. I discovered a little, a little thing. Because I don't have any of the DVDs. <clears throat> but it turns out that almost every season of Once Upon a Time for the DVDs, with the exception of like one, like two have a short film thing that was made by Jane Espenson with free reign to do whatever the hell she wanted. That tracks. The first season, the first one for first season one is Paul Shear as um, Hart's Archer, which is, I believe, Cupid, um, host, uh, like with an online dating service. <laughs> And we see videos from all the Once Upon a Time characters talking about who they look like, what they want in a partner. It's very funny. And then there's other ones that are are ranging quality. Um, But the best one, and the reason I found out about it is because I saw Paul Shear and I was like, oh, wait, he was in another thing on Once Upon a Time. It's a DVD extra from season, I believe season two. Yeah, called Good Morning Storybrooke. And I sent it to Abby because for the whole time we've been rewatching this podcast, all we have wanted is more of those darn radio (laughs) programs that fill the world of Storybrooke in interesting, clever, and sometimes very funny ways. This was that for 12 minutes. It was so awesome. I, guys, I cannot stress to you, I'm, like, after this episode is posted, I will put it in, like, the Facebook group. Please do. Um, and just post it, well, I'll make sure it gets posted, in case you can't find it, but it's literally called Good Morning Storybrooke, should be an easy find. <coughs> it, 
if you watch it for nothing else than Ruby making a commercial for grannies, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to imitate it. It's the best thing maybe that I've ever seen. Remember how we were talking about like there's good and there's fun? This was good and fun. Yeah. This was fun good. This was this was goofy. It was amazing. There's I'm not going to spoil everything. It's just it's fantastic. We I feel like I feel like until we talked about it enough, it didn't exist. No one else knows about this. We manifested it into a previous DVD set. Like that's yeah. how powerful we are, Beth. It filled me with so much joy. So much joy. I don't understand what it was. You sent it to me with no context and I just started watching it and I went, "Why is this happening?" Why are these people here? Because it it does involve a couple people that are not in the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I was blindsided for a second, but then actual show people started coming in. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to watch it again. Probably three times. Yeah, because one, one of the hosts is Paul Shear as the same character. Yes. And the other one is Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, she's playing oh, like love. Goldilocks. Although in the show, she plays Ursula um, at the yes. sea goddess Ursula. Yes. Uh so, Abby, an idea I had, if I may run it by you, for okay. our next podcast Patreon episode, our bonus episode for okay. our dearies and, and swan queens, I would like us to do a recap discussion of all of Jane Espenson's specials. I'm in. Leading up to the one for season five, which is Cruella DeVille in the bar, which I told you about before. Yes. Okay. Score. I'm in. So... <laughs> So I will find, I will collect them all and I will send them to you and we're going to do a special review recap and we're, we can rank them if we want. I just want to enjoy these because I watched them all today. I like binge the whole thing. Fantastic. So I'm like, I can't get enough. Like this, it was so enjoyable. Anyway, let's get back to another weird, enjoyable thing, uh, which is um, uh, Dorothy Guevara. <laughs> like Dor- I- Dorothy, the hero of the people. I am obsessed with this. So basically, Zelina is trying to do her time travel spell. They say time travel spell so many times. Like, it starts not making sense. So they, she keeps saying it. She's like running around. There's the monkeys. There's everything. She's like, rah, rah. So Scarecrow comes in. She's like, I'm going to steal your brain. I'm like, my man, why are you here? And like, Dorothy I think the, Gale. I think, the, I think the monkeys actually brought him in. It seemed... it. it he seemed a little bit more cavalier mm. than I think he should have. That, I think that's where I'm mostly coming from. But as he's about like, oh no, I'm about to die. Dorothy Gale comes in like absolute Jacques, like not Jacques Cousteau, Van Damme, kicking the door down. They keep making jokes about gingham. She's not wearing gingham. She's wearing a dress. Maybe it is gingham and I just couldn't tell. But she's in boots. She got a sword. This girl is like, this seems like the second or third time the kids went to Narnia. You know what I mean? We're just like, <laughs> we're back and we are in charge of everything and we are awesome. And, and she's, she's like, also played by an actress who looks nothing like the previous Dorothy actress. Absolutely nothing like her. Um, and so she comes in, she's like, you're not going to do this. And then she takes a scarecrow. And, uh, she's just and like, she makes Bear! sure to mention that... I have the love of the people. Yeah. And you I don't. Someone called me at Kansas 
and said you were back in charge. So I waited to, till Nader season and I hitched a ride on the nearest F5 I could find and I'm back for reasons unknown and I'm going to not even take you down. I'm just here to annoy you. I guess. Yeah. So she and then so she leaves. So then Zelina's furious. But don't worry. Wait, but Abby, I want to we have to talk about the best moment of the scene, which is how Dorothy manages to escape because Toto comes out of her bag. Oh my God. And pulls a cord. That's, and- I'm sitting there, I was like, how did, how did she leave? I don't remember. It's probably something dumb. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> And then just Toto just like pulls a cord, which is which is a, you know a callback to the Wizard of Oz, and the the whole uh, the whole drapery falls on Zelina, and she's just like, oh no, I'm trapped in a blanket. How? And I ask this genuinely. How was the line while they ran? Not, I'll get you and your little dog too. It was set up. <gasps> it was there. They do so many little setups. They, the only thing that I think th- came through for me was like the bicycle line and we'll get to it. But like that was like, it was right there. Yeah. You can't do that many callbacks and then just like whatever. Anyway, she, so she's mad. She's stomping around. But don't worry. A man is here to validate her for reasons passing understanding. He's just like, hello. Thank you for all of the souls that you sent me. I'm the devil. No, no, he didn't say that. He's like, he's like, I'm Hades. She's like, oh my God, is the devil flirting with me? And then Hades says something that makes the canon of the show so much more complex. Because he Mm -hmm. goes, no, no, I'm not the devil. I'm often conflated with him. We do different things. There is a world in which the Christian hell and the devil exists. But also your thing exists, which is great. Fine. 100%. I'm down with that. I'm down with multiple. I'm down with multiple deities and whatever. It's fine. Maybe when you go down, the devil gets you. The devil gets you. Okay. So that's my confusion. Okay. So like Hades, Greek god of myth. Amazing. Let's go. Go king. Everyone that died in Snow's kingdom goes to Hades, goes to the underworld that Hades rules and not to the... So I wouldn't even question, be like, oh, they don't pra- their faith is not Christianity. I'd be like, yeah, that's that makes sense. Why would it be? But if you were like, yeah, the people of the Enchanted Forest, yeah, their faith is Greek gods. I don't know if that makes more or less sense. <laughs> so like... I just, I have more, I, it's so confusing is the fact that this, this happened. It's also kind of funny that you mentioned it because one of the, the DVD extras that I mentioned is like an interview with three people who chose not to leave Storybrooke after the whole events of Frozen, which I think is partially to kind of backfill in a joking way why there's no extras anymore. Uh, one of them was played by Patton Oswalt, which I thought was hilarious. Fantastic. Um, and he was great. He's just ad-libbing the whole time, you could tell. But one of them, when asked what her her Enchanted Forest persona was, uh, she was the Norse god Freya. <laughs> so we also have Norse mythology in Once Upon a Time, unofficially. 
Could but hey, how how pissed would Norse god Freya be if she had unfinished business and landed in Hades' underworld? Oh my god, she would. Yeah, what she, happened? Yeah. So okay, all right. So Hades shows up and he's like, "Hey, I'm in love with this idea of a time travel spell. Let me also info dump a lot of stuff about myself." I cannot walk between worlds and do things that I want to do. I do not have a heart, but true love's kiss would make me a real man again. Very confusing. Fine. I'll accept it. He wants to use the time travel spell to go back in time and overthrow his brother slash kill his brother. Because, and, and this is, this is fine. I, I, I'm fine with this. He wants, he, he's mad at Zeus, which is fair. Zeus, kind of a POS. I'm down with that. Because he doesn't he, he doesn't like the lot in life that he was... <laughs> the lot. He doesn't like the lot in life that he was handed. He wants to change it, so he wants to go back. Okay, That's, that's very Greek mythology. Like, Amazing. That, tracks. that is absolutely okay, Greek mythology. I'm mad at Zeus. Always a good start to a Greek story. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so I'm mad at Zeus, and I've decided I want to murder him. It never ends well, and I feel like someone like Hades would know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he's going to like, this whole episode in the past is him doing what I think someone who lacks actual, because again, you're right, he does not have a heart. So it reminds me a lot of the Cora storyline of how she doesn't have a heart, so she didn't truly love Regina in the way that she should have. Once she got her heart, she was like, oh, my God, I love you so much, precious baby girl. But, like, he doesn't. So he's, like, mimicking what he thinks true love is from, I assume, a millennia of watching it. Um, I would also like to point out that at a certain point, we got to watch Zelina have her giant cupcake and a very slightly unfortunate angle of Rose McGowan giving her up. She'd be like, I love you so much. I'm so sorry I had to give you up. And... Zelina's just like, yeah, I don't have a birthday. It's celebrate whatever. abandonment day. My abandonment with this giant cupcake that I left on fire while I was in a different room. I don't know if you've ever lit a birthday candle. They do not last very long. If they are not-, not long for this world. You light them, you walk to the kitchen. There's a reason happy birthday is a very short song. It does not make it much longer. So, Hades like, I'm here to help you. I We can find... We can find the scarecrow because at this point, Zelina has also disintegrated Bach because she's like yelling at the munchkins, <laughs> which great. I love the introduction of like actual munchkin characters. This was great. Amazing. Uh, so we do that. He's like, I know where we can find her because I have a bicycle. <clears throat> Here it is. And she's like, what's that? What is this crazy contraption? What is this? A Renaissance fair? It's like, I don't know what this is. She's like, He's like, oh my gosh. They do not have bicycles in, in your world. I will explain to you. They are a common romance tool. It is a single-seated <laughs> bicycle. So we are going to put two full adults on it. And we are going to have a cute little moment. Zelina is just laughing. And it's, it is too much. It is. I've ridden on a bike. I don't think the first time you ride on a bike... Would be this much. Maybe I'm just cynical. I, I'd be willing to admit to that. But she's like, oh my god. Ha 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 ha. I'm here. Ha 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 ha. 
and he's just like he's got his arms around her and he has this look on his face the whole time again i'm sketched out by him this whole episode he's got his arms around he's like yes we're riding on a bicycle it's so great i'm in love with you (laughs) i'm you smell so pretty i'm sorry he kept look I'm, i'm gonna be crude for a second yes he kept looking like he was getting a boner he kept giving that face. He did. He look. He kept looking like he was about to just go, and it skeezed me out. And the actor, I've been enjoying him as Hades. I didn't enjoy his portrayal in this episode because he kept doing this thing where he was sticking out his lower teeth Thank and you. like doing this like weird pursing thing with his mouth, and it was like he could never close his goddamn mouth. In this I, whole episode. Okay. Thank you. I didn't want to bring it up because I thought I was going to sound... Because I was like, have I just not noticed that he's been doing this before? It was driving me nuts. I'm like, yeah, something's going to fly into your mouth, my man. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was just like... The actor was just like, well, vulnerable uh, means he's confused. He's, he's confused also, by his feelings. I'm going to pout with my mouth wide open. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah, she's laughing the whole time. She says a line where she's like, it's just like riding a broom, which... I don't know. To me, struck a chord because it's like in the original Wizard of Oz, the the actress or the the character of the Wicked Witch is the character of that like crazy Karen lady mm-hmm. that lives down the street from her who rides a bike. Like it, you see the flip. It's the you see her like as the tornado is going and Dorothy's going. You see the woman on the bike and then it switches to a witch on a broom. Like so. I guess it's enough of a n- comment, but again, she's just so happy and giggly and everything about that. And I'm just like, okay, okay. You've, you've flown. We've you've, flown. You've yeah, flown you've in flown the in the air. Oh, God. It reminds me of The Last of Us, like uh, when Ellie is just like, you got to fly in a plane? And he's like, yeah, it was crowded. It sucked. Everyone coughed on you. He's like, she's like, you were in the air and you traveled. That's amazing. That's the kind of, like, anti-cynicism that I need. Where it's just like, hey, listen, you have everything you need in your pocket. Like, you could survive. Like, to get to the moon, there was less technology than what's in your pocket right now. Stop being, stop being weird. Okay. So they get there. They find the little house. And he is just like, I believe in you. You're so great. You're the greatest witch that's ever existed. You're going to go there and you're going to absolutely straight up murder both these people. I'm so proud of you. I've never been this turned on. I have everything tucked up into my belt right now because I am. Uh, oh God, he just and she's like, <laughs> I got it. Let's go. And so she marches in there with all this confidence given to her by a man, and she's like, Hello, I'm here. Freezes Dorothy and absolutely shoves her whole hand into the scarecrow's head, pulls out his brain, and she goes, I'm not gonna kill you, Dorothy, because I want everyone to know that you failed. Mm. <laughs> And I'm going to let you live because it's funnier that way. And she's like, look, Hades, I did it. I took his brain. It was super. Uh Oh, where'd he go? Oh, he left. But he's like, fast forward to he's in her like hall or whatever, making her dinner. And he's like, no, honey, I knew you were totally going to do it. Like, I didn't need to stick around and watch and then walk you back. That would be weird. I've come back and made this lovely meal for us. And she's like, okay. And he tries to kiss her. And she immediately stops. She's like, absolutely not. You are going to take this brain from me. (laughs) The fight is so funny when you think about it like that. She is just so protective of this brain. She is just forcibly removed from an an animated scarecrow. (laughs) And she's like, absolutely not. Because she's like, that's what I would do. 
because I am fundamentally broken right now. Absolutely not. Because she cannot trust. She is not in love with this man. It is not true love if only one of you is in love. That's not how love works. Also, I'm sorry. Can you experience true love if your heart isn't working? No, you cannot. He says, my heart fluttered. And I I get like why if he's been for like a millennia, had no feeling in his heart, no, no feeling whatsoever, a tiny bit would be like, oh, this is everything. This is the solution to all my problems. Like, I get why he would run into that, but I think they're the way that they're portraying it as is this is true love and Zelina's afraid of it. And that's not how I see it. I see it as a very misguided person is misreading a situation. And yeah, so that's where that's where I see it at. Listen, I want to also be crass, okay? You're not in love with the first person that gives you a boner. Like... <laughs> Maybe that's what he felt. He felt all of the blood rushing from his body to a different place that he's never felt before. And he went, this is it. This is love. He's like, that's not love, man. And again, I want to emphasize, if someone's in love with you, but you're not in love with them, it is not, in fact, true love. You both have to be in love with each other. That's how love works. Otherwise, it's just, and it's fine. You can get your heart broken because someone doesn't have to love you back. But it is not going to make you a man again just because you felt whatever. And so she's like, absolutely not. I don't want to do this, which is fine. She doesn't want to do it. And she explains it because she doesn't want him to steal her stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also just very fair to say, like, she's not into it. Yeah. And she's just like, you, he's like, no, but we had so much, remember earlier when I met you 12 hours ago and we rode on a bike and look, at I made you all this great food. Like he's doing all these like things to show. And he's, he's love bombing and he's doing all that stuff. But it's just like, that's not, she's not, she's not feeling it. She's, she likes you. She thinks it's cool that you're around, but she's not in love with you. And that's fine. And so she's like, no, absolutely not. Go back to Hades. I don't want to deal with it. And he's like, ah, show you. I will do the craziest thing in the creepiest thing possible. I will model the underworld after a place where you want to go. Because, again, this is the t- timeline part of where Zelina is very hung up on Regina. So she's like, I will give you what Regina had. I will give you Storybrooke. I will give you this stuff. So she, he makes Underbrook, And that's when we get to the last scene of the episode. Yes, the sad reunion in Which the is decay. Our decay it is Zelina confidently Patrick Mahomes limping. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Nobody look at my ankle. It's fine. I'm fine. And I, again, she's still in the heels. It's hysterical. And she's like, hello. Ankle fully bent on a 90 degree. He's like, ah, I'm fine. And, and he's like, hello. Hello. Yes, it's me. Where's the, he's like, I'm, I wasn't trying to get the baby. I was trying to save the baby for you. I'm not trying to, like, steal the baby for the time travel thing, which I still don't buy. And he was like, I did this for you. I did this for us. And she's like, wow. You really did love me. He's like, I did. I still do. I still do. Because it's our decay. (laughs) You and me. You're in this with me. And I'm like, just because he's showing that he cares for you and he loves you. And again, again, like I said. Selena does not understand love. And that's not her fault. She was set up to fail. 
But someone showing that they love you does not mean you have to then love them back. So, anyway. That's how the episode basically ends. Yeah. He's like, yes, no, it's fine. We will get the baby back and you will be able to do whatever you want because you are my queen of the underworld. He's like, I don't even care about defeating Zeus anymore. You are my entire world. And I'm like, I had that moment, like the first time I watched The Notebook, where Ryan Gosling's character is fully hanging from the Ferris wheel. And he's like, you have to go on a date with me or I'll drop and I'll like, I'll die. And she's like, oh my God, okay. And all of the people around me were like, oh my God, he's so romantic. I'm like, this is serial killer nonsense. (laughs) This is not okay. And then she leaves James Marsden or Chris Marsden because he, she stopped painting. She stopped doing a hobby she was doing before the attractive, very attractive war veteran. Excuse me. Listen, Ryan Gosling is a very attractive man. You will never ever see me passing up Marsden for Gosling in any world. And if you do, I am a pod person. <laughs> you can kill me on sight. That's that's the uh, like the the tweet it's like how do you how how would you let people know that you're in a hostage situation? <laughs> I've decided that my number one is no longer Marsden, it is now Gosling. And it's just like, "Oh like, my god, we have to go save send, her." Send, help. send the SWAT <laughs> team. Help me. Track her phone. <laughs> Yeah, so that was season five, episode 16, Our Decay. Our Decay. (laughs) And like, I, the last thing I want to say about the episode with the whole Zelina Hades thing is I kind of get a little bit what they're trying to do. And I get, I think the pairing of the two of them makes a lot of sense. And I think the actors actually work pretty well together, but they needed to be written in a way that better complemented the actors. Like Mm -hmm. right now, the way that they were written was not working for the actors themselves. So I feel like they were kind of clumsily going into a situation that didn't suit them. I really wish it would have kind of been modeled a bit more after the Hades Persephone story, Mm. um, where, you know, he maybe, maybe it's when, She's like on the younger side and he tries to bring her to be the queen of the underworld. And then it turns out he tries to trap her by giving her pomegranate seeds. And then she's like, well, fuck you. And she leaves. And then later on, he kind of realizes the error of his ways. And so he spends all this time trying to earn her trust again and trying to win her back. And you could still do the whole, I made storybook for you. You could still do the whole thing of I'm a supportive boyfriend I'm just going to be here waiting. For, I'll be right here waiting for you. But make him more of an asshole. Make her more pissed at him. Give them more structure to work with than literally one evening on a bicycle. Yes. And, and I agree with you. Um, also because, as you know, from many, like, it's very high right now. The, uh, the, the Hades Persephone retelling. Ooh, mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've told you this and I'll just, I'll say it on here because it was super funny. Uh, Neon Gods by Katie Robert is on Spotify. So I was listening to it while I drove to Cleveland one day. The person that play, that does the voice acting for Hades sounds like Owen Wilson as Obi-Wan Kenobi and I couldn't unhear it. <laughs> it was wild. So yeah, but yeah, no, a Persef- a good Persephone Hades retelling because there's so many versions of it, and yeah. I'll read every single one of them. Like, even of the actual Greek 
Like the actual mythology of itself has so many different versions of it and so many different retellings. And there's so much you can read into it and there's so many big things that you can see in it. We could have done that and that would have been great. Because, um, I, I, again, and we've talked about this before, we've talked about it however many years, seven years ago when we did this the first time, they're not harnessing the 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 the, the Greek gods of it. I don't know why I stumbled so much on that. They didn't harness that as much as they could have. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, of course, I'm always going to want them to go harder on Greek mythology because Greek mythology is just so fascinating to me. Just like I wanted them to go harder on the uh, Land of Untold Stories that we're going to be getting into not too far away from now. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I know. Oh my god, I can't. I cannot. I cannot wait for the disappointment, but the expected disappointment because I'm already ready for it. Like that's why I'm enjoying this season in the underworld a lot more. Just because I'm not hoping for something better. <laughs> no, like right now we're just tourists again. And we're like just mm. taking pictures as we go and we're enjoying ourselves and not like trying to rush through it. So, well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank our patrons for your love and support, especially our Swan Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Ryan Gregoricus. Ryan, thank you so much for supporting us. And if you're interested in becoming part of our Patreon family, you can go to patreon.com slash Timing. Don't trust me. The family tree for our Patreon is a lot less complicated than the one for Once Upon a Time. Got him. <laughs> Love it. If you want to join the Facebook group uh, to watch uh, YouTube videos about uh, the better things that Once Upon a Time did behind the scenes, you can go to facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, uh, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get those wonderful podcasts. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Abby, we're going to see you next week for Her Handsome Hero. I'm so excited. I'll see you next week, Beth.